Coming to you on some serious tape delay via a podcast near you. From that hockey hotbed of San Jose, California, it's Dudes on Hockey. He is now accepting callers. He is calling me Dude. And now your hosts, Mike and Doug. Hey there, and welcome to the Dudes on Hockey podcast. I'm Mike. That's Doug. New day. You won. I won, dude. Vegas. Vegas. <laughs> I was looking really good, and then I was very, 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 very scared. When Montreal won once, you yeah. got scared? Well, I was worried because I was worried going into the finals. Because I did I have seven of eight in the semis? Six of eight. I had six of eight, and then I had three of four in the conference finals, and then Montreal... A team that no one expected to go this far managed to beat good teams, and then I saw that the betting line was minus two fifty for the Lightning, and I thought to myself, "Oh, I'm dead." <laughs> uh, well, dude, uh, the best team won. Uh, best team fifteen million over the cap certainly won. That's right, uh, and. Uh, congratulations, dude! I say with a smile and gritted teeth, and uh, <laughs> I will say, "Hey, we're it, we're we're even now. You owed me a trip to Vegas. Now, uh, now I owe you a trip to Vegas. So that means two trips to Vegas, which is great. And um, certainly looking forward to the time when we go and do that, dude. Uh, dude, good times. Good times, dude. I'm always looking forward to a trip to Vegas. So I will happily do it." On the back of Barkley Goodrow. Yeah. Gosh, Barkley Goodrow, I think, made himself a lot of money. I think he did. Would you trade Barkley Goodrow for Ozzy Weisblad right now? No. <laughs> I mean, don't you think the Sharks could use Barkley Goodrow? Oh, without a, without question. <laughs> well, we're still desperately looking for that bottom six center. I guess. <laughs> That's clearly not what the Sharks... That's not the difference between the Sharks now and the Sharks being a contender, though. No, but it is a piece that you you traded, right? I mean, and in the moment, like I, I don't think any of us thought... Goudreau, even though, I mean, the impact he had on, you know, the playoff run the Sharks had, right? Sort of famous goal... Uh you know, that he would end up being this type of player. But, I mean, the Lightning would obviously do that deal 10,000 times, right? Of uh, course. To, to trade away the lowest pick in the first round for a player that was instrumental in, in winning them a cup. And, you know, you just it's the way Goudreau plays, right? He's got skill, but he's relentless, and he's physical. And he's a pain, right? Yeah, and, yeah. And, you know... Uh, and and the sharks clearly have an aversion to those types of players because they never seem to want to have them around. Let's get some more skill. <laughs> yeah, I want some more skill. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, more skill, more skill, dude. Here we come. We're gonna skill our way all the way to the bottom of the Pacific. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think that's likely. Oh my gosh, dude. Well, we've got some things coming up here. Of course, uh, this weekend is when. The protected lists will be issued to the Seattle Kraken. They'll be made public, I believe, on Sunday. And then the expansion draft happens midweek next week. 
and then uh, the NHL draft, and then free agency. So there's a lot to go here. Uh, You know, certainly a variety of different ways the Sharks situation could play out. Uh, The Sharks are... You know, you might go, well, well, you know, bad season. The Sharks have the ability to make maybe some changes to their roster. No, they don't. <laughs> they don't. I hate to burst that bubble. The Sharks have 15 players under contract for next year and uh, are 15, like, people on the big boy roster and um, $10.3 million of cap space. So, right. no, no, not a lot of room to make a lot of meaningful changes. So... Um, and those pipe dreams of someone selecting, uh, you know, a major cap hit burden, you know, the the Kraken thinking they can revive Martin Jones and taking away <laughs> his his cap hit uh, is that is exactly that a pipe dream, dude. It's true. It's true. And I know that there were some articles this week about the Sharks being open for business, you know, and that's going to be, uh, you know, draft picks and things like that. And, and we'll talk about the draft in a little bit, but, but I think you're, you're right in terms of a meaningful roster change, it's going to take some moves that are hard to imagine at this point. And if we look at the expansion draft, I'm looking at the athletics list where they inquired of each team's beat writer as to who is the likely, uh, selectee for the Kraken to take off the roster. And I think, you know, a lot of these names are not really well-known names in the National Hockey League. And I think, as we've said several times before, the Kraken are going to definitely use the Vegas Golden Knights playbook. There's there's no reason for them to do something different. The Vegas went a very specific way. It was obvious what their priorities were. And they were contending for the Cup with right away. Why would the Kraken say, you know what I need? I need aging players with gigantic cap hits and lots of term left on their deals. There's there's not going to be any of that. Um, looking at this list, the biggest n- biggest name player chosen, at least according to this mock draft, is Mark Giordano from the Calgary Flames uh, with an almost $7 million cap hit. And that's the, the biggest name player available. And I don't think he has nearly the same kind of years that some of the Sharks' big contracts have. Other players... Uh, Actually, no, the biggest the biggest cap hit was uh, JVR, maybe from the Philadelphia Flyers. Of course, this doesn't mean that the Kraken are actually going to select these players, but I mean, I think this is a reasonable estimate. And you can see here, Kevin Kurz, his input was that the Kraken will choose Ryan Donato from the Sharks, a, a player that I like, that we both like, that apparently the Sharks don't. No one else likes. Yeah. I mean, like <laughs> fans seem to like him. Uh, Coaching staff does not, right? And that reflected in his usage. And yeah, you know, he started off really well and he, he struggled. But like, this is a a player that, you know, um, I felt like kind of ended up in the uh, the Tim Heed uh, version of, of Bugner's doghouse for, you know, external reasons to us. We don't totally understand you know his role was completely stripped and changed to a role that this type of player is not i don't think he's going to be successful in right and uh yeah no that is not you know even though he's not technically a part of the team not under contract and maybe um although i doubt it would price himself out of the role that he would play on the team 
you know, losing Donato doesn't take anything away from the roster, and, and but that's the problem. Losing Donato doesn't take anything away from the roster. <laughs> yeah, yeah, things that changes that probably desperately need to be made, and if that's who the Sharks lose, Donato, as we just finished talking about before we recorded, that's not good. No, it's not, and I think he's actually a useful player, and I think uh, compared to some of these other guys that might be selected, would actually be an overall net positive to the Sharks, although maybe not according to the coaching staff. But, you know, the Sharks re-signed Matt Nieto, not necessarily because they thought Matt Nieto would be selected in the expansion draft. I would be, frankly, fairly shocked if he is chosen. But because the Sharks had to have a certain number of players available to be selected, and and the Sharks had to make it uh, up to that threshold. So, uh, you know, not not a lot of huge names on this list. Um, You know, a few names that some uh, pretty heavy NHL fans would recognize. But uh, like I said, the big names, Mark Giordano, uh, James Van Riemsdyk, Jason Zucker from the Penguins, um, and Yanni Gord from the Tampa Bay Lightning, perhaps. But most of the other players are all, you know, with pretty minimal cap hits, young players, things like that. So I think that's very much the playbook that the Kraken are going to follow. And I would be really, really surprised if they went and started grabbing big name players with big, big deals. I mean, the the thing that we don't know is again, some of these side deals that could be uh, out there, you know, uh, you know, there's, you know, rumors again of, of those types of things happening where we'll give you something to select this player, or we'll give you something to not select this player. If we leave them exposed, um, I don't think the Sharks would be in that situation. I don't know unless we're not in a position to expose a Brent Burns and then offer, you know, our, you know, future asset to select him. Right. Yeah. Like that's not the Sharks aren't in contention mode and trying to make that kind of a move. Right. Like that's doesn't make any sense. Uh, You know, on cap friendly, they have this, expansion uh way where you can protect the players dude so so let's play all right all right let's play okay you got to protect one of two goalies here are you protecting martin jones no okay so we're protecting uh coronar let's look at d here dude d all right you have to protect carlson you have to protect vlasic not because you want to because you have to they have no move clauses and they will not waive them right so dude please protect one more defenseman mario ferraro you don't have to Uh, mario ferraro does not meet the uh requirements of protection so you're good so now you're choosing between protecting burns greg pattern shimmick christian yaros jacob middleton and nicholas maloche well can't we go uh we don't have to protect three defensemen right we can do eight and one uh we can protect, I think you're right. We can protect, yes. I would protect eight skaters as opposed to three defensemen. So you, okay. pr- you protect those guys. So you're not going to protect Brent Burns? No. I would not protect Brent okay. Burns. Okay. We'll come back and circle back to that in a moment. Okay. Of your forwards here, dude, who are you protecting? Who do I have to protect? <laughs> you don't have to protect anybody. <laughs> then I expose everybody. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's be serious. You're not You're not exposing Tomash Hurdle for I'm free. Not, I'm not exposing Tomash Hurdle for free. You're not exposing Logan Tour for free. I am not. Okay. I am not. 
All right. I wouldn't. Okay, we're getting closer here. We get to protect four more skaters, dude. I would not expose Timo Meyer for free. I probably wouldn't either. Yeah, Timo Meyer. I would not expose Kevin LeBanc for free. Okay. Yeah, I think you, that because he's, he's still, worth something on the market. I think that he still has value. Okay, dude, you can do two more skaters. Wow, um, Patrick Marlowe. <laughs> <laughs> okay here's one do you protect rudolph balsers I, I do i do we have to protect him yes i, I would protect him then okay yeah. all right one more you have a choice here dude yeah evander kane yeah ryan donato marcus Sorensen, alex <laughs> true Jaden hagel buck walks <laughs> mateem Le- maxim Letinoff, yeah. dylan gambrell marlo nieto curtis gabriel and jonathan dahlin i protect curtis gabriel <laughs> a ufa who clearly has n- like they have no interest in keeping yeah why would the sharks go seven three one like which of these guys do you really want okay so y- you are going you are proposing that we leave evander kane exposed and that you would under that model i would say you protect darlene or true okay darlene has not played i think a single second in your organization since yeah. you traded for him. Right. Alex True has played, <laughs> I don't know, what, games. 20 games yeah. at the NHL level or more. Yeah. You would protect Ryan Donato. Um, well, it, it depends, right? If the, if the coaching staff is actually going to play him and, and trust him as a player, then maybe I would consider protecting Ryan Donato. But if if he's being run out of the organization because they don't want him, then there's no okay, reason. Okay, well to let's him. we're gonna we're gonna protect Alex True just for fun. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay, we have met the. Uh, let's see. <laughs> I think that, I think we're starting to understand why I'm not a GM in the league. <laughs> let's see. Did we meet the the criteria? The what, criteria. What other criteria do we need? You have to one defenseman must be left unprotected is under contract. All right. No, we did. We've met the criteria. All right. We've cool. met the criteria, dude. We've met the criteria. All right. So uh, in this case, you have left Vander Kane and Brent Burns, Radim Shimmick, and Dylan Gambrell, and Matt Nieto, and Martin Jones all unprotected. Mm-hmm. Why? Because I don't think this team is better with them on it. So uh, I don't disagree especially with the uh i am in the let's expose evander kane camp i think you should dare the kraken to take him Mm -hmm. we dare you yeah this is a productive productive nhl player yes with a lot of off ice problems right and frankly on ice problems too because he's got a very challenging relationship with the referees that's right right so but you're gonna get high 20s to 30 goals mm-hmm. so we dare you mm-hmm. to take him right why do you risk making him unhappy well dude i think he probably already is unhappy because <laughs> of the reports that came out since our last podcast that said several sharks went to um management in in their exit meetings and said we don't like evander king right yeah that's and that's, we want him off the team that's unfortunate yeah so that's known, right? How does he how does he come back to this team, dude? Um he opens the door and walks in the locker room. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, he gets driven there. Um 
You, you know, he's. I think there's going to be two approaches that one could take if you were in his position. One approach would be to try and figure out what is broken and try and fix it. Or the more likely scenario, given, unfortunately, given his history, which is to walk back in the locker room with a chip on your shoulder and say, I'm the productive player here. Go pound sand. Right? I don't care. I'm not here to be liked. I'm here to get paid. I'm here to score goals, whatever. And the locker room problems continue. Uh, I I tend to think that's the more likely scenario. So. so let me ask you about exposing Brent Burns, which again, I think you're exposing him again as a dare and I think an even longer shot dare that they would take Brent Burns. Yeah. I think that if the Kraken could choose, they might take Evander Kane. Right? Even though Brent Burns is not a in-house issue, he is a declining product, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is uh, slightly more expensive uh, and signed to the same term. So do you want, you know, a off-ice issue 29-year-old 30-goal scorer or do you want a declining, uh, you know, former you know, Norris-quality defenseman who is a shell of his former self? Right. They're both signed for till 2025. Right, right. So so why risk upsetting Burns by exposing him? Because it will upset him. That's a, that's a better question, I guess. Uh, that's the better question. But I, I don't know how much back channel, uh, you know, communication can happen between the Kraken and, and, and the Sharks or the Kraken and any other team. I mean... I guess if you were the Kraken, you would play your cards close to the vest and you wouldn't give anything away. But it'd be interesting to know if if you contact the the GM and say, hey, you know, if we expose this guy, would you actually think about taking him? Not not that it's binding or anything, but um, I, I think that's a fair point. I think it's, and that's a, a good reason, maybe the best reason not to expose Brent Burns because like it or not, this guy is a cornerstone of the franchise. He's never been a problem off the locker room. He's always been a good guy a pretty productive player until recently and you certainly want him to succeed. And he certainly has, you know, widespread fan support in San Jose. And so I, I certainly have nothing personally against him. I don't even really dislike his game all that much. It just seems like he's not as productive as he used to be. And for the money he's getting paid, it doesn't seem to make sense. And he's a terrible fit to be on the same roster with Eric Carlson. Like that has been a huge bust. Yeah. Like a big bust. You know, you can't have, you know, a, uh, I'm trying to think of a good analogy here, dude. Uh, <laughs> y- y- you can't, yeah, I don't know. I, can't, I don't got one. They're just two, yeah, yeah. two I mean, peas in a pot, they're, two, they're, two they're the just, They don't fit, right? They just, they don't fit. So, um, and there's no way out of that experiment. Like you, you are locked in. That is life now, right? You could dare the Kraken to take him. You could incentivize the Kraken to take him, you could incentivize the Kraken to take Kane, yes. right? Yeah. Say, we don't want anything in return. We want you to just take him, right? right? I don't think either of those things are going to happen. I think uh, that Kurz is probably correct because why, why would they want Shimmick? Shimmick has been riddled with injuries. Right. Uh, they're not going to take Shimmick. Do you take Donato, who in the right situation could really burn and make the Sharks look like a fool? Yeah. He could. He could. So I think uh, Kevin Kerr's 
is correct and that it will be Donato. What is, let's say, for instance, I mean, you seem to be uh, well off the, you're not, no longer driving the uh, Evander Kane bandwagon, to put it lightly. What would you offer? Would you offer the Kraken anything to take Evander Kane if you were to be exposed? And if so, what would you offer? You want two problems for one? You want Merkley and Kane? They could be uh, locker room buds. No, wow. I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that. No, I'm, I'm making a joke. That's actually not. That's interesting, but uh, that's a lot of that's a lot of eggs in one basket. Um, I mean, I, <laughs> would you offer a pick? Would you offer a second round pick? I think I don't know that I would offer a pick. I think I, I might. Uh, oh yeah, I mean a second round pick and, and Kane Van, and Vander. So they take Evander Kane. A second round pick on a, a not very good team. A not very good team second round pick, so maybe a pick in the mid thirties or high thirties, and Evander Kane for them to take Evander Kane. Would you do it? Um, yeah, I'm gonna say yes, dude, because I really do believe that this is this is the the, the problem the Sharks are in. Right? Clearly, there is an issue on the ice and off the ice with this team. Clearly. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to not, as we've said before, like, I mean, it's hard to not think that the EKs are in the middle of that issue. It's been reported now that the players don't want Evander Kane on the team. And we've seen the wide, you know, joking and, you know, gifts of the players, like basically dissing Eric Carlson and also saying not nice things about Eric Carlson. Right. For the previous eight years, you never heard any of that kind of stuff with the Sharks. This was sort of a model franchise, right? Yeah. That you could convince players to stay at for under market value because the culture was so good. Now, they made the bad decision to, in that way to get rid of the two guys who established that culture without having anybody to keep it going. To think Couture was going to be that guy is a foolish errand. In retrospect, it's foolish. He never had that personality. Yeah. It's not a reflection on him as a player. No. He's not going to have that same impact, right? You know, that is clearly missing now. So if you're going to bring up young talent, the, you know, the Chemilevskis, the uh, Chekoviches, the, uh, you know, the, um, the Merkleys, yeah, the, 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 the Weisblatts, and have them grow up in this organization... Do you want them to grow up in dysfunction or do you want them to grow up in a more reset environment? If you have to pay a price to get rid of, if they truly believe that he is a issue, then I think you've got to do virtually anything to get him out. Yeah, I think this this is an interesting take, and uh, I'm interested to see what our listeners think because I think this might be sort of controversial. I mean, I think without a doubt, we would both agree that Evander Kane was the most productive shark last year. He was the best shark on the ice. He was, and listen, I would say the same thing about Garrett Carlson. I think if you could attach an asset to get someone to take him right now, I would do it. If you didn't have to take back anyone else's trash... Right, right. We're not taking back Andrew Ladd's eight years left, <laughs> right? right? Yeah, like yeah. if you'll take Carlson and free and clear, free and clear, and a pick, and we get back some sort of low level pick, right? To just get out from underneath him, right? Yeah, and the money, 
I'd do it. Yeah. I would do it. So I think for either of the EKs, I would do it. I want to know what other people think. That's an interesting. Uh, I haven't I haven't heard too many people be that strident about it, but I, I I'm having a tough time coming up with a counter argument, dude. I mean, this is a team that needs a reboot so bad. This is not a team that is going to go after free agency and go pick up somebody. And, you know, I mean, anybody who, you know, Sharks fans, you know, uh, God love them. But, you know, it's like, oh, let's go get Vladimir Tarasenko. And then the Sharks are going to be a contender. It's like, that's not one. We can't get them Two, yeah. It's not. Dude, it's not, and not I want to be wrong, right? Yeah, I want to be wrong. Yeah, yeah. Like, I want the team to come back next year and say, hey, you know what? This has been two miserable years, right? We got this. We can do this. These two guys rehabilitate their images off the ice and are incredibly productive players on the ice and the Sharks go all the way to the cup, right? Of course. That's what I want. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I, I'm not rooting against them. I just think you have to kind of step back and, and go, what has changed in the last two years, right? And they seem to be at the middle of it. Yeah. And it hasn't been a good change. Right. And it doesn't mean they, maybe they'll go thrive somewhere else. You wish them well, right? But it's a tough situation, dude. Yeah. It, it is hard. It is hard. I'd be interested to hear what other people think. Um, anyway, um, so that's the expansion draft, dude, which is happening next week. So we're going to see. I very much do not expect those kinds of fireworks to occur. Uh, no. I, don't, I, I think we're talking about what we'd like to see happen. That's not going to happen. I mean, the, the, they're going to end up losing a player like Gambrell or Donato. Yeah, I think that's the most likely. Dude, let's talk about the actual amateur draft with, uh, where the Sharks have the number seven overall pick. Um, we are not a hardcore draft analyst on this podcast, never have been. I don't pretend to know which 17 or 18-year-old player is going to make a great NHL player. And frankly, I don't think too many of the NHL teams know that so much either. Um, you look at the wide variety of outcomes from some of these highly drafted p- picks, and uh, it's really, really hard. This is a difficult problem to solve. Finding an 18-year-old person that you say, oh, yeah, in 10 years, they're going to be a, a star in the NHL. That's just not very easy. That being said, a couple of things I have read about this draft have said that uh, the top nine or so players are pretty well understood who they are. It's just a question of in which order. Uh, For instance, this athletic article says there is an industry consensus top nine skaters in this draft, top nine skaters in this draft, and it's presumed Vancouver will take whichever of the nine are left at their pick at that pick. Vancouver has the number nine overall, and this particular mock draft has the Sharks drafting William Eklund from Sweden, who is a uh, elite skill forward. Um, I have no opinion on this. I don't know who this is. Um, I guess that's the right choice is to get an elite skill forward. I don't even know. It seems weird to draft a defenseman right now when there's so many locked up. Um, so I, I guess an elite skill forward makes sense. I don't believe in, I frankly, you know, and I'll just say this right now. I frankly don't believe in drafting a goaltender at this position. I think drafting a goaltender in the top 10 generally doesn't work that well. Um, you know, there's always going to be exceptions, but for the most part, you draft an elite skill forward or defenseman, whoever is whatever you exactly need. Yeah, dude, I, I'm fully expecting the Sharks 
to either go off the board ah. and like make us so frustrated that they take someone who's not a consensus top nine or they're going to take the Michigan kid. They're going to take the college player. They're going to take the player that they've been watching for a whole year because he's been playing with their other highly regarded college prospect on the Michigan team. Right. It just makes sense to me that they have convinced themselves that they love Kent Johnson, the center from Michigan, right? Who is, you know, by this mock draft, the ninth rated of the nine players in the top nine, right? So I I have no idea. I have no clue, right? Like we don't know enough to know. I would agree with you that uh, taking a defenseman maybe is um, not, likely right Un- but i mean for also with in a team that's in the sharks position they should just take the best player available they should like just You're right. it, whoever it is take the best player available and then if he's good great don't try and draft for a need if you like clark who you know the mock draft has going eight to the king then take clark right if yeah. you like eckland if you like mctavish right then then you go with him it looks like you know uh Edvinson, it's going to be somewhere in that that group. It looks unlikely that you know Gunther Hughes, uh, the two Michigan high level, uh, uh, what is it, Beneers and uh, Owen Power, they're not going to make down to the Sharks no. at seven. But I, I don't know. I just got a feeling like we know how much Doug Wilson loves college players, and they've just been watching this kid. Yeah probably all year. So you could see themselves convincing themselves that, Hey, and and there's something to that in a way that like, if those two guys um, are playing on a really good college team, right. And they have a good relationship and good chemistry, whether they play on the same line or not, if you're bringing them in together at the same time, there is some logic to that. Right? I agree. You're yeah. coming in, from a winning program, if you can somehow make the Barracuda a winning program, which mm-hmm. you can't right now, <laughs> yeah. but if you can, then that sort of atmosphere can be contagious, right? So we'll see. That's my guess. Yeah. I'm just with you. I, I'm afraid of the shark. I mean, it's one thing to go off the board when you're drafting 29. It's another thing to go off the board when you're drafting seven. If you... It, you know, I think it would it would betray some significant arrogance if all the people who follow this stuff say these are the nine best players in the draft, and the Sharks have number seven, and they pick none of them. Like that would really show that the Sharks really believe that they're that much smarter than everybody else, which I just don't think is true, especially from a drafting perspective. They've had some good drafts. We talked about that in the last show. They haven't consistently hit home runs in the first round. They've had some good picks. Tomas Hurdle being one of them. But they're not consistently... I wouldn't say they're consistently drafting above their spot in the first round. So I don't know what would make them think they, they're they going to do that this time. We'll see, dude. I'm <laughs> I, I'm I'm guessing it's the the third Michigan kid. Yeah. Um, I'll be very disappointed if it ends up being someone who's in the... You know, like we're scrolling down here. If it's, uh, you know... 
Corson Cruelman's, you know, <laughs> who was rated 16th or something, or Carson Lambos, right? Although I think Corson uh, Kuhlman's from Brooks, some where has the uh, the award winning uh, phrase in this review. Some don't see him as a first rounder at all. <laughs> <laughs> Well, then it's a lock. That sounds like the Sharks. I want you to earmark this in the podcast. (laughs) And when we take Corson Krulmans, a right-handed defenseman from Brooks... I want you to replay this clip and just go, yeah, you know what? We were right. We'll just start laughing. We were right. We'll just start laughing. Yeah, exactly. All right, dude. Well, and after that, free agency. So, uh, again, I don't expect the Sharks will be very active in that. Um, Sharks don't have a lot of room, but... um, you know, there's going to be there could be some significant changes to the Sharks roster. I would say those are outside chances, but it is possible that this franchise could undergo some major shifts in the next couple of weeks, dude. So in a way, it's a little exciting. Yeah, I mean, you know, we see other teams, specifically the Minnesota Wild, picking up the buyout market here, buying out Parise and Ryan Suter. Yeah, let's talk about that. You know, that is a route the Sharks could take here. You know, I mean, they could decide to buy out some of their problem contracts. You know, you're looking at, you know, I'm looking at you, Martin Jones and Mm. Vlasic or Burns or Carlson or Kane. Uh, Those are your buyout suspects, right? Um, Because Kane likely has little to no trade value. Same with uh, Brent Burns. Eric Carlson, also little to no trade value, also a full no move. Vlasic, no trade value at all, I think, uh, and also a no move. And Martin Jones is flaming garbage at this point, right? unfortunately. So you've got five dead assets. Like, they're not even assets. They're deficits, right? They're liabilities. Yeah. So uh, do you take on some financial hit to get rid of two of those players are part of their financial commitment yeah that's the question and i wonder if this decision by the wild to buy out parise and Suter, two top players in their organization um and not even seen as you know behavior issues or any of that stuff just guys that are on really long deals for a lot of money and they just want to get out from under it i wonder if that might provide some cover for the sharks to do something similar you know this is a a league where everybody sort of does what the other guy's doing. And if the the fashion for this off season is to buy out your uh, highly paid players that are no longer of the same utility as they once were, the Sharks have uh, at least a couple of those guys. Uh, maybe they can get away with um, buying out some of these players. We'll see if, you know, Doug Wilson might be able to convince Hasso Plotner to do something like that. I don't know exactly the financial details of how long, uh, they would maintain cap it, but my understanding is that if you have a uh, three years left on the deal, then the Sharks would retain a cap hit for six years, double the the value that remains or the years that remain. So, you know that's a that's a long term commitment to take a cap hit. That's a long time to have dead money against the cap. But you know maybe now is the time to pull that trigger. We'll see if that that could happen. Yeah, I I. I just, I think it's unlikely. I think it's I, really I, unlikely. I, I don't think yeah. they're going to do it. I think that this is my challenge with as grateful as I am with Doug Wilson and what he's done over the last two decades, right? That I don't I think he's too close to the problem to know how to fix the problem. And 
he won't be willing to pull the trigger on something that will have that much of a um, current, immediate, and long-term ramification on the roster and the cap, right? They seem to be convinced that they can be competitive next year. And given how bad the Pacific is, if they can, you know, have some renaissance from some players and then also patch a few holes. Yeah. Could they be a playoff team in the Pacific? It's not a ridiculous statement. Yeah. It's right? not out of the question given, you know, the, the landscape of the Pacific, which is damaged, you right, know, right. like not, not a great, you know, Arizona is going to be terrible, right? <laughs> yeah. Anaheim, probably still not good. LA, you know, who knows? I mean, who knows, right? Uh, Edmonton is, you know, they're, they're a Duncan Keith away from the cup. <laughs> I mean, that was just, I mean, that's, if they think that's going to fix their problems, they're completely mad. Vancouver has, you know, some problems too. They're a, not the same team that surprised in the playoffs two years ago. And then also, you know, maybe some of that had to do with all their COVID issues. And I don't know what Vegas is going to do. They're, they, The rumor mill is that they're significantly ticked that they failed to make the cup final and probably what they saw as a real opportunity to do that. Yeah. Their down the middle weakness was exposed. And that, you know, supposedly they're trying to acquire... Jack Eichel. Right. Uh, okay. Yeah, that could make Vegas really, really, really good, or it could backfire. Who knows? Yeah, I know it's hard to like, you know, you're talking about two of these players that are on the market right now, and Jack Eichel and Tarasenko with significant injury problems, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. no question about the talent when healthy, but, you know, Tarasenko with three shoulder surgeries and Eichel with an unresolved neck issue. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that seems a little risky. So we'll have to see how that all plays out. Well, we should not be expecting a big contract to Dougie Hamilton or yeah. Taylor Hall to come gliding in to save the Sharks. I think we should probably expect the Sharks to be pretty, you know, pretty quiet, right? And, you know, Kevin Curse has written a lot about the Sharks maybe trying to do a similar sort of reset that Montreal did, right? Where they identified some core players to build around and they brought in a different set or mix of veterans and acquired some young players and kind of changed the cast a little bit, right? Will they look at doing that? Will they make a hockey trade with a Tomas Hurdle? Yeah. Will they make a hockey trade with a Kevin LeBanc or a Timo Meyer where they're like, you know what? These, these guys are good players. They just, it's not right here anymore. Can we get somebody else that maybe can come in and do something different that is still an NHL quality player and just kind of swap parts here. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? I, I don't even have an opinion on that just yet because I just, there's so many, I, I don't see the same parallels with Montreal that Kevin Kurz does. I, I just, I just don't. I mean, one major benefit, one of the reasons why Montreal did so well is because they have Carey Price in that. There is no Carey Price coming to San Jose. It's just that simple. And, you know, it's the most important position on the ice. The Sharks are arguably the very worst in the NHL at that position. Unless that gets completely fixed, there is going to be no Montreal-like revival, period. Not even close. So, I mean, you, I, I can't even get away from that one position, much less the other deficits, in my opinion, that the Sharks have 
in relation to Montreal. So I, I'm not taking that uh, particular analogy very seriously at the moment, but who knows? You know, the Sharks can make some some big moves or somehow pull off some hockey trades, and I might change my view. But uh, right now, I don't see that in the in the cards. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, if I was in Vegas, which we're not, but if I was, I would put the majority of my bet on most of this same roster just coming back. Yeah. Which is disappointing. I hope that's not what happens. But if I were going to bet, I'd put it on that. But anything can happen, dude. And, it, and a lot of things could happen in the next couple of weeks. That's right. Well, uh, we will be coming to you at some point after the draft and yep. the expansion draft to recap that and, and see what else has happened. And it could be a lot. There's a lot out there right now. Uh, and a lot of, you know, pretty pretty decent free agents, you know, uh, uh, about to... To hit the market, guys who you assume are just going back to their teams, but then some players that could really shake up the landscape of the standings based on where they go. So we'll see. We will see. And in the meantime, go Sharks. Go Sharks. Hate the show? Want to get your questions on the air? Email questions at dudesonhockey.com. Dudes on Hockey is not affiliated with the San Jose Sharks organization or the National Hockey League.